1: The Art history
2: Babes. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Corey. I'm Ginny. I'm Jen. And we are the Art History Babes. We're here in beautiful Oakland Hills area. Oh. It's gorgeous. It's, it is. Oh, it is.
1: No, it's really beautiful. Um, it's been real cold and foggy in California yeah. lately. So yes.
2: very mysterious. Yeah,
1: everything feels like Silent Hill. Like it's oh. just like Ooh. Yeah. especially mist and like fog mm-hmm. rolls
0: up here, and you're kind of like I'm in Avalon, but not. I'm the Lady of the Mist.
1: Yeah exactly. yeah, exactly. It's That's who I want to be. Yeah. It's been very um chilly, but then at the same time I know our East Coasters are out there in like <laughs> yeah. negative 7. It's nothing. <laughs> Sorry, ma'am. Like,
2: it's 50 degrees today. <laughs> 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 Ooh, it's chilly. Yeah, I know I mentioned this before, but I came back from spending 10 days in the midwest and like relativity is such a crazy thing because before i left like i was like yeah 50 degrees i was like Mm -hmm, in my coat mm -hmm. and then i came back from you know negative 15 degree weather and like for days i was just i was hot all the time here Mm -hmm. like even when it was only like 50 60 degrees i was Mm -hmm. just always hot because my body was still like used to yeah negative temperatures. Yeah. It's crazy how that works. I know. I'm
1: going to be freezing my ass off when I get back from Mexico. You I, sure will be. I checked the weather and um the highs are about I think the high right now is 87 in the city that I'm going to. Whoa. The low is like 68. Dang. And I'm just and I know for a fact that my family is out there wearing like winter coats because they are so cold <laughs> that's
0: crazy yeah Don't they, like isn't it a thing too i remember you talking about this like even in like triple digit heat men won't wear shorts no
1: man wears <laughs> shorts it's, it's so crazy it, They no shorts it is legitimately like long pants and even long sleeves because wow. um Everyone is kind of paranoid about the sun, especially Mm -hmm. the women. So
2: they stay covered up. Um, So that's wild. Yeah, that is wild. Contrastingly, in the Midwest after the winter, after like negative 20 degree weather for however Mm -hmm. however long people like lots of people this isn't just like one weirdo will be in shorts and like 20 degree weather because it the, feels warm yeah like, it feels <laughs> like it's actually like, it's like spring is here so people will be running around in shorts in 20 degree weather unreal that is crazy <laughs> <laughs> it is. they're
0: wearing shorts in the summer and it does get really hot in the summer right yeah oh yeah it.
2: yeah it gets it gets just as hot as so it, they'll is wear here. an outfit that they
0: would wear in like ninety degree weather yeah. and twenty degree, uh, that's days. it's weird, <laughs>
2: really strange. <laughs> but yeah, we're we're here in we're here in the new year. In the new year, new year, new me. You know, is, is yeah. the motto
1: Ye- that we all yeah. have. Yeah, <laughs> me, but like old me. Yeah, old you know? me, but
2: like trying to still me, but like some new stuff trying to do some new stuff like i was just telling everyone i'm i'm getting into investing (laughs) Mm -hmm. i'm an Mm -hmm. investor now you are an investor i um if you are like me and you've just kind of pretended like investing is uh dumb and like (laughs) just (laughs) dumb it's just dumb i'm just not gonna think about it um well i'm trying to be more of an adult and um i just started using this really dope app called acorns and um, it's perfect for people like us that don't know anything it's about it. It's very investing. clever they called it acorns, too, because, like, you're
0: scavenging away a little <laughs> bit here and a little bit there with yeah. like a squirrel. And
1: you're burying your <laughs> acorns and for later.
2: Yeah. 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 And it's um, very I'm, clever. It's super clever. And it also, like, is it's just a cool app because it it also has like resources that help you learn about investing, like what you're actually investing in. And it's just a very simple platform that like breaks up your investment according to these big, like larger, Mm -hmm. like you're not investing in specific companies. Mm -hmm. It's just like a bigger, larger type investment. That's cool. Yeah. It's a really cool little app. Um, I'll link it down below for y'all if you wanna. Yeah, check it. and they're not sponsoring us. This is just
1: we're th- literally doing free advertising for, for this app for, right now for all
0: of you.
2: Yeah, you hear <laughs> that, Acorns. If any of you uh, work for Acorns or Acorns Adjacent, you should hit us up. Hit now. us up, you know, Dang. because
1: we have no problem repping apps that we like. Yeah, and honestly, it's a very timely app because it seems as if the world's going nuts right now trying to invest like yeah. in this whole like bitcoin cryptocurrency shenanigans
2: i've got friends that are like i put 1200 dollars in ripple i'm like what What? the hell is that but the bitcoin thing's really interesting because i actually remember when bitcoin first became a thing like back in like it was like early mm, 2000s right not that long ago it was like 2010 really yeah okay um, it was <laughs> Yeah it hasn't been around that long And I remember seeing people talking about it And I was like is this something I should Should I buy a few of these Bitcoins Like, <laughs> Well it's crazy because
1: Dogecoin Came out and it was a Dogue? joke like, Doge like
2: the meme like
1: the, the, the meme dog, the meme dog oh, you know And it was like a joke The person who put it out was yeah. like Like Dogecoin It's worth like a lot of money now that- Like if you'd have bought Dogecoin People
0: will invest in some strange Things, You're
1: right?
2: It, it really just speaks to you know. I mean, <laughs> it really just speaks to how how we determine. What has value? Like yeah. it's really all on us. It you know? blows
1: my mind. I don't get it. I don't. I, I, I really don't. But like
2: it's basically you just have to be confident enough and tell people something has value, and it it happens eventually. Dude, it friggin' happens. It does. I watched this
0: movie last night. It's a Netflix original with Jack Black and Jenny Slate, who I both love independently. Ooh, um, Jenny Slate, I love her. Called so Polka King, <laughs> <laughs> and it's based on the true story of a Polish immigrant who became the polka king of Pennsylvania wow and he had like a polka band wait is jack black
2: the polka king? oh he sure is <laughs> Yay. and he's I marvelous see that. at
0: it um and so he builds this like polka empire where he has you know his polka band and like a traditional polish gift shop and a record label, and something else. And he basically starts a Ponzi scheme. So he has, like, all these older people, these elderly people that, like, love polka. (laughs) They start investing in him, and he makes, like, tons of money. I don't want to, like, give it away, but it's all, like, based around this Ponzi scheme that he started to be the polka emperor. (laughs) Yeah, beyond king. People investing in polka.
1: Man, People, I don't get
0: it, but it happened, right?
2: People will <laughs> invest in uh, some crazy things.
1: I'm really interested in this app. I'm going to download it and I'm going to invest because, um, I could stand
2: to expand my assets. Yeah, your and yeah. empire. <laughs> yeah, it's also just like really inspiring because on the app. There's like this, this part of it where you can be like, what would happen if I invested $5 a week every week? And then it gives you like a calculation of how much money that would be worth when you're like 60. And it's very inspiring. It just like makes you're like, all right, I can do this. I yeah. can do $5 a week. You yeah. Know? Nice. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so art history, babe nation, get your, get your money in order. Yeah. Click,
2: you know? click that shit. Get on over to acorns. Check
1: it out. All right. Um. So Never something totally different. Yeah, <laughs> we are going to talk to you guys today about an amazing babe, um, an art, an art history babe mm-hmm. among our hearts, Miss Mary Edmonia Lewis.
2: Yeah.
0: Had you? When had you guys first heard of her?
2: I actually had first heard of her in um the class that i was tiang it was an american art class right and i'm not gonna lie a lot of it i was not into yeah not really i mean there right. there are uh, there are some like random like american art artists sure. that i would, like go nuts yeah. over but yeah. they're few and far between at least in the in the early days of yes. America, I'm just not that into portraits of presidents and stuff yeah. like that. But we talked about her and I was like, this woman is so interesting. How have mm-hmm. I not heard about this woman? Mm-hmm. But yeah, when when did you hear about her? Not
0: that long ago. Probably, I want to say like in the last year and a half or so, I think... Google had put her face, you know, like how Google have like those little illustrations of people and then you can click on it and learn more. Mm-hmm. Yeah and that's when I that heard her. of her
1: earlier in yeah. 2017. Yes, they had the yes. doodle and I was like, wow, yeah, I, no I had idea. never even heard of um, a work that we're gonna get into um, the death of Cleopatra. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the, uh, relatively unknown to me at least. Let's get into Edmonia Lewis. Let's
2: do it. All right. So just a little biographical information. She was born July 4th, 1844 in New York. Uh, born Mary Edmonia Lewis. She's typically known as Edmonia Lewis. She was the first internationally renowned African-American sculptor. Yeah. Kind of a big deal. A huge deal. Like a gigantic Massive
1: deal. Yeah, end of the 19th century. Like, this is huge.
2: Mm-hmm. And she was of African and Native American heritage. Until her teen years, she went by her native name, which was Wildfire, which is dope. Yeah.
1: That is so cool. That's
2: such a good name. Um, her father was Afro-Haitian, while her mother was half Ojibwe. I
1: also heard that... I don't know if this is the same, but the um, some of the sources had her listed as being Anishinaabe
2: Indian. Yeah, I've got N- Mrs. Sagwa Ojibwe yeah. and half African-American. Her mm-hmm. mom was, was both, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure. If any of you are yeah. Native American scholars out there. Correct us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please yeah. do. What
0: I have is that chippewa in parentheses ojibwe so i think there were multiple names assigned to it but
1: oh um, yeah you're right this mm-hmm. has been oh you know the,
0: what you are interchangeable
1: i'm seeing that ojibwe is the central algonquin language spoken by the ashi anishinaabe people throughout much of canada mm. from ontario to manitoba uh and from michigan to montana wow
2: all right <laughs> got it Dope. All right. Just, uh, just dope. <laughs> so both of her parents died by the time she turned nine. Oh. Yeah, um, and she went to live with, I believe, an aunt and uncle. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And at age fifteen, she studied at Oberlin College in Ohio, which was one of the first institutions that accepted women that weren't white. Yeah. So wow. Go Oberlin yeah right mm-hmm. um, despite Ohio was a very like conservative thinking place yeah um but yeah they they made some strides there uh, She was at one point during this time put on trial for poisoning two of her friends. yeah
0: this shit is crazy this shit
2: is crazy. So as the story goes, they were planning they were planning to go sledding with a group of men and um, trouble. <laughs> Trouble Just men in general <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, Sorry Lewis and, t- <laughs> Lewis and two friends drank some spiced wine They're Ooh. gonna go out, have a good time And uh, it emerged that the women had been poisoned with mm. cancerides um spanish fly yes so i was i was unfamiliar with this cantharides is referred to as spanish fly even though it is not spanish or a fly yeah um it is it is from a blister beetle whoa yeah right that's quite the name (laughs) (laughs) um so there's a chemical in the body of this beetle that's an irritant uh when it's rubbed on the body it produces blisters i.e. blister beetle oh. yeah. and when the dried crushed body of the beetle is eaten Ugh. it causes inflammation of all the organs of the genital tract including the genital organs oh which, hell which no really bad yeah, really bad. really rough. bad uh this gave rise to the belief that it was an aphrodisiac and that's could be dumb. used to treat <laughs> impotence and i don't under like what no one wants to have sex when they're they're all inflamed. itchy and inflamed that's <laughs> like <laughs> it's awful like, I if if I feel uncomfortable in my genital tract, why would yeah. I want to have sex? Like, I'm, that li- I'm make about any to sense.
1: drink some cranberry juice
2: and like <laughs> go to bed. Yeah, <laughs> Just, like, yeah. alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, get out of my house. <laughs> um, but the swelling that this induced could be extremely painful. Unsurprisingly. And the dose required to produce the swelling was close to fatal. Oh, no. So this is one of those things <laughs> where people are really just toeing the line. Like, you could do something, Ugh. some really dangerous stuff here. Dude, 10 milligrams can kill? Yes. That is not a lot. It's not. I mean, when we were just talking about, because weed's legal in California now. Yes. Um, We've my, arrived. Yes. Smoke
1: weed every day.
2: Yes. So a friend of mine just went to a uh, a dispensary today, and mm-hmm. he was his mind was blown because there were um, edibles that were a thousand milligrams. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I don't. That's insane. I just have anxiety, like just thinking about
1: that. Yeah, like oh. But I
2: know, right? But ten milligrams in an edible—that's like a good amount. Yeah, chill. it's like chill. Yeah, that's pretty chill. You're chilling. You can um, go for a walk. So. Basically, not that much of something to put in your body. And in women, this powder could cause painful contractions of the uterus. And for this reason, mm-hmm. it was used to induce abortions. Mm-hmm. God
1: damn.
2: Yeah, so really like this is not a chill thing no. at all. That sounds
1: so insane. Where yeah. would this even come from? Like, you know, who
2: crushed up this beetle and was you know, like, all right. Yeah, this medicine men stuff like back in the day. Just right. Always trying to learn from their surroundings, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know. <sighs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh. So did you read this? Because like when I had originally first read about this, I interp- like I didn't know that they drank spiced wine before going out on the sleigh ride. I had like kind of interpreted it as that they were in the sleigh and that the male companions had like slipped it
2: to the... The gals, it's that's entirely possible. This was just that—that was the way it was phrased. Yeah, from my source, was that they were drinking before they went sledding. But that's something that could really easily, yeah. Either
0: way, it seems like it was an accident that they died.
2: They didn't die. Oh shit! No, I thought they did. (laughs) No, they didn't die. They lived. They lived. They um and and so while on trial. A lot of bad shit happened. Edmonia was beaten by a group of men. Some stupid vigilantes. Oh, my God. Um, And then her friends made full recoveries, and she was acquitted because essentially they didn't have enough evidence. Mm -hmm. And really, like, none of us have evidence either way. Maybe she did do it. I don't know. But, like, I i doubt it i doubt yeah <laughs> i have a yeah. yeah pretty strong feeling that she didn't but like I, for why you yeah, know like i read it and i was just like it was the men it was yeah that was <laughs> yeah. my 100 my instinct too it was definitely the men there was a theory okay so this is a theory and i disagree, like i was like no but it's a theory i read that the reason she did it is because like so many women during this time period if you were like a little eccentric or outside the norm or, or just didn't kind you were of called a lesbian yes <laughs> if you didn't fall in line you were a lesbian and that was supposed to be a bad thing for lesbian certain. spinster yeah exactly <laughs> so there was a lot of speculation surrounding her sexuality and there was some article i read that was like maybe mm. she wanted to be more than friends with these girls or mm. something I don't know. I don't yeah. know the woman. Like, I can't right. say that that's impossible, but. Maybe we can someday hold a seance. Yeah. I would love to.
1: I want to ask Edmonia, what, what were you doing, girl? Yeah. <laughs> what, you, what happened that day? What'd you do? <laughs> <laughs> what didn't you do?
2: Yeah, right? Yeah. But yes, my, my first instinct yeah. was it was. <laughs> it was the men. <laughs> like, damn it. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, But who knows? Who knows? It could have been. A totally freak thing, and like none of those people were the cause yeah. of it. Honestly,
1: yeah. this whole like story is just a freak thing. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I mean, how right. does you know? How does that happen? Like, I I don't know. Anyway, yeah. that
2: maybe the whole- girls themselves were curious and they drank it right, or like, maybe one of them was pregnant and she oh, was like, oh, yeah, can't can't, mm, can't be doing can't that. be
0: doing that. <laughs> I'm not
2: wed.
1: Oh no. no.
2: So many possibilities. All of a sudden, we become a true crime <laughs> <Yeah>. case <laughs> podcast. Scandal. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could do like an art history scandal series. We oh, like yeah. One. Scandals and mysteries be, art history. That'd be fun. Oh,
1: episode idea. Boom, boom. Boom, boom,
2: boom, boom. Boom. boom, boom. All right, ah, moving on. Um, so yeah, moving back into art history. <laughs> <laughs> uh, her first commercial success was a bust of Colonel Robert Gould Shaw. Mm-hmm. Gould, Gould, ah, Gould. Yeah, Gould. Um, I like Gould. <laughs> I like Gould too. Um, so she made this this bust. It's very it's very regal. It's very. It, it is. He looks exactly like the image in my head of a. Uh, 19th century colonel,
1: right? Is this man,
2: I mean, like, right? The <laughs> hairstyle so and the facial hair, the facial hair, like that is a colonel. Hold up, is this
1: before or after she? So she didn't graduate.
2: Oh no, she did not. No, she, she did not. Like, Fuck you. Yeah, Oberlin. she left the yeah. school. She went to Boston
1: um, from because she was being harassed yeah. and uh, did not graduate.
2: Well, there was also another accusation. She was accused of stealing her classmates' work. And then that was later disproved, Mm -hmm. lack of evidence. But at that point, she was like, fuck off, Oberlin. I know.
1: I'd be like, done. I'm like, y'all, I'm over it. Like, kiss my ass. (laughs) I'm done with this school. And then she went on to have some pretty moderate success when she moved to Boston.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so she moves to Boston where she's trained by sculptor Edward A. Brackett. And uh, this bust that she made of Colonel Robert Gold- Gould Shaw
2: <laughs> uh, was
0: fairly successful. And so she made decent money off selling copies of the bust. And um, this gave her enough money to peace out and go to Europe. So she went to Rome where she spent the majority of like her working life. She said... "Quote: The land of liberty had no room for a colored sculptor, so she went.
1: Damn
0: to Rome. So she pieced the fuck out. So yeah, when she was in Rome, she was she was pretty successful, and she established a life for herself in the city with other expat uh, female sculptors and artists. And even though she was working from Europe, a lot of her sculptures had to do with themes from back home. So she made." Sculptures surrounding the Emancipation Proclamation. Uh, So she would sculpt, she sculpted freed slaves out of white marble, which is the preferred medium of neoclassical sculptors. So she was trained in the neoclassical style. And um, there's obviously, well, not obviously, maybe you don't know this, but in Italy, there's a lot of marble.
2: Uh, (laughs) Marble (laughs) everywhere. Where, what's, I always forget. Carrara. 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 I was lucky enough to take a bus through Carrara. I would love to go to that quarry it would blow my mind it's really cool it's just it's very it's out there yeah it's out there and it's very like like white oh yeah like like the light like bouncing off all the marble it's Mm -hmm. just a very like bright place it's very cool totally wow yeah that sounds amazing i I would love to see that i also just like quarries like they're weird to me like these big just as natural occurrences it's like
0: what are you yeah
2: like i haven't been to the grand canyon for some crazy reason but i'm very fascinated Mm -hmm. by by these like indents in the earth you know (laughs) yeah totally
0: um little side note my art history boyfriend dr james fox Mm. i've talked about him before oh yeah uh he's a cutie he sure is he did an episode on history of color so we did blue gold white mm-hmm. and for white he went to the quarry in carrara and was like walking around in his little black suit and i was just like oh man oh,
1: oh man this
2: <laughs> is what does it <laughs> for me and i bet it just like popped too oh, him and his great because like, he wears those like slim fit oh, suits he, yep. yeah oh man he's a good looking dude
0: bbc made a good call <laughs> with that one <laughs> Uh, Dr. Uh, James Fox I'm if. literally blushing okay anyways, um, she is <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm not exaggerating <laughs> I feel like
2: it's like When we talk about like you know like dream men like ideal men and like most people are like oh it's like Leonardo DiCaprio or like something and it's like Doctor James Fox it's this kind of obscure (laughs) art historian. Oh
1: my God! I'm looking Uh, at pictures of Carrara right now mm -hmm. and it's amazing. It's really
0: striking. Wow! You
1: can go hiking amongst the marble. Yeah, Yeah. it's
0: really beautiful. So cool. Oh my
1: gosh! Go super
0: cool. Go there. Everyone go there right now. you there
2: in <laughs> two weeks time yeah Aren't history babes live at carrara oh my god. i want to shoot a music Dude, video here no, i was just gonna say that'd be a dope place to throw a party Can you that imagine? would be so sick the acoustics are probably great oh my god oh, oh. i'm up here i got yeah, ideas store it away oh shit
0: use it for when we're millionaires yeah
2: we, we, we should
1: send- start a Google Doc for um, when we're millionaires. No, that'd <laughs> be great. We're gonna do. We'll just
2: put it out into the universe. Yeah, uh-huh. oh, That's a great idea. Yeah, that's that's five years time. Give me five years, we'll throw a party at Carrara. Boom. <laughs> All right, I'm on it. Boom. I just I just need to keep up my investing with acorns. <laughs> right.
1: Oh, <laughs> boy. <laughs> well, anyway, Edmonia had the right idea.
0: She did. It was smart to go to Rome. Being a neoclassical sculptor, you go to a city where there are a tremendous amount of classical sculptures in marble. Marble itself is easily accessible. And she's hanging out with other expat cool artists.
2: It's made, a cool time you know, to be there. Like it's Made just, the right choice. Yeah, for real. Which brings me to the next work. A bust of poet mm. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. God, the names <laughs> on these
1: guys are just so cool. He's British, right? Longfellow.
2: Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with yes. Actually, I think he might be American. <gasps> Henry. What's that name? Hold on, let's find out. Wow, he is. He was born in Portland, Maine. Yep, <gasps> he's American. Wow. wow. Um, Man. look at that face. Like he was. He looks like a poet, <laughs> right? He really does. <laughs> he really does. So if you go to EdmoniaLewis.com, there are excerpts from this book that only costs nine ninety nine. if you're interested, uh, called The Indomitable Spirit of Edmonia Lewis, a narrative biography by Harry Henderson and Albert Henderson. Mm-hmm. And there are a bunch of passages on the website, which is what I read, but it's a very, um, it's very nicely written. It almost has a like, historical fiction feel to it you know it's like kind of piecing together these little these these pieces we know and kind of turning it into a narrative Mm -hmm. uh which i appreciate but it's very like romantically written so basically henry wadsworth longfellow is in rome hanging out Mm -hmm. and uh he he ends up in the presence of of edmonia lewis and she does this (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she does this bust of him, which is like, I really, I want this in my house. Like I really like it's this. Very bust. It's it very striking. It is. very striking. He's like, he's got the long hair and the beard. Like Oof. he looks, he looks like a, a man of many thoughts. And um, <laughs> <laughs> he's got, Lots of thoughts. (laughs) He's
0: got thoughts for days.
2: And this bust was actually, it got a lot of attention. A critic from the London Art Journal at the time said it was the truest and finest likeness of the poet I have ever seen. Wow. So, I mean. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. If if you're a sculptor, that's, you know, like, that's kind of what you want to hear. So... (laughs) Yeah, there's something about him. Like, he just, like, <laughs> I don't know why. I'm just very entranced by the sculptor. He just, like, looks, he looks deep in thought, but also, like... Really intense. Yeah, mm-hmm. intense. Very intense and, like, regal. And it's conveyed in the eyes, which yes. is not easy
0: to do in marble sculpture. That's, that's it.
2: It's the eyes. Mm-hmm. It's the weird thing that's going on with the eyes Mm -hmm. like i feel like he's staring into an abyss that's what that's what i feel like that's what i was trying to say (laughs) he's like staring into an abyss
1: and the abyss is staring (laughs) back
2: and he's like whoa and he's he's just yeah just experiencing (laughs) it um and then he goes and writes poems so (laughs) (laughs) sounds like my kind of guy right
0: (laughs) another really great significant work of Edmonia Lewis is The Death of Cleopatra. Oh yeah. And the interesting thing about this sculpture is that it was lost for decades. And it was found in a, all places. A storage room at a shopping mall outside Chicago in the mm-hmm. 1980s. That is so insane to me. Yeah, oh, A storage man. facility with Christmas decorations and dust. <laughs> uh, so before delving further into the story of this like suburban mall discovery. Um, I'll start with the creation of Death of Cleopatra. So Edmonia worked on this sculpture for over four years, and the final sculpture depicts the fallen pharaoh dead already in her throne, her head decked in a pharaonic crown as it leans back. You know, her lips are slightly parted. You can tell that she is dead. She dead. The drapery, and you know, when I, especially when I was talking earlier about Edmonia being in Rome and likely studying other like previous old classic sculptures, like you can tell with the drapery and the study of the drapery that she was looking at classic classical sculptures, like the way that the drapery is rendered and kind of like, she shows a little bit of the breasts, not like a lot, but uh, enough. And that is definitely from Greek and Roman sculptural tradition. And what's really interesting is unlike other, depictions of cleopatra and her suicide like if you just look up on google death of cleopatra depictions and art it's all so not all of it but a lot of it is just super fetishized and she's made to be like this exotic like she's totally naked and is like holding a snake that's about to like bite her boob (laughs) and you know it's just like made by and for the male gaze but what is so different about this is that she's already dead, and like while her drapery like does show her breasts of it, like she's she's not like sexualized. See right exactly. Like Jen pulled up one image; where it's just <laughs> over the top. Yeah, like it's over the top how people portrayed her in art over the years. Like she wasn't a queen of Egypt, but like,
2: well, I also you know, remember hearing that. The sexualization of Cleopatra has just like led to a very incorrect um, idea of what she even actually looked yeah. like. Like oh, we yeah. imagine her to just be the this beautiful, exotic, yeah. temptress,
0: femme fatale. Yeah. I and heard she was... Um, she wasn't that cute. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> no one... <laughs>
1: <laughs> she wasn't all that... <laughs>
0: So there's still, like, not a clear consensus on what she actually looked like. Like, when you go based off of her profile images on coins, she's not super idealized. But what she was, undoubtedly, was, like, very highly educated and, like, pretty motivated. And she used her sexuality in cases because she had to yeah well i think it just
2: feeds into like the the historical conception of her feeds into this idea that to be a powerful woman Mm -hmm. you have to be this ideal of beauty Mm -hmm. and you Mm -hmm. have and yeah like this we we should be more upfront about yeah maybe she wasn't that naturally cute that doesn't mean she wasn't a badass exactly you know like she still did amazing things right right because i think That just feeds into this idea that, like, yeah, you can be, like, a super powerful woman, but you gotta be pretty, you know? Right. Which is, like, crazy problematic.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What's especially interesting is that during the 19th century, like, Cleopatra was... I mean, Cleopatra even still now is an incredibly famous and infamous historical figure. People are always going to be fascinated by Cleopatra. Yeah. But in the 19th century, she was still viewed as, like, this exotic... Temptress that was both like alluring but also kind of demonized, and there was a lot of contention and debate about her heritage. So she was um, Greek Ptolemy on her dad's side, but no one knows the ethnicity of her mom, so she could have been Nubian or Egyptian or Ethiopian, in other words, African. So this was hotly debated in the 19th century where people were like she was Greek no she was Greek and African and um, so it's interesting especially that Edmonia Lewis picked her as a subject and depicted her in a way where she's represented more with dignity like as an actual ruler in her death rather than this mostly naked bejeweled temptress who was a queen but like that's a side note yeah
1: yeah every image of um cleopatra's death is it just looks like your stereotypical like orientalist Mm -hmm. like harem Mm -hmm. uh totally painting totally totally so kudos to edmonia lewis for that uh, yeah we love it
0: So, Death of Cleopatra was first shown at the Centennial Exposition of 1876 in Philadelphia, and it was incredibly popular. It then traveled to Chicago in 1878, and there it incited more admiration but also debate over the way that it was depicted. Like, oh, she doesn't look beautiful and sexy. And like, where's the asp? Where's the snake poised over her
2: boob? (laughs) You said, where's the asp? That's what I thought she said. Where where that ass at?
0: I mean, it's in the chair. (laughs) (laughs) It's in the throne (laughs) where it belongs. (laughs) (laughs) It was great. (laughs) Asp. Where is the asp? (laughs) (laughs) Uh. (laughs) (laughs) So the sculpture is five feet high and weighs over two tons. Damn. And uh, it did not sell. And it was far too heavy and costly to ship it back to Rome where Edmonia was still living. So she decided to put it into storage in Chicago. From there, it somehow ended up in a saloon for a bit.
2: (laughs) (laughs) This is such a funny thing to imagine in like a western saloon. It weighs
1: two tons. (laughs) guns yeah. <laughs> it is how do you solid marble. how do you misplace that you know
2: i would like i'd like to imagine like the old timey like bartenders and yeah. like what they thought about it that kind of <laughs> like
1: clangy piano playing yeah. in the yeah. back <laughs> well, like, <it's> <laughs> uh and
0: then clear likely through winning it in a bet, it became the property of a Chicago gangster ah. who later used it as a grave marker for his prized race horse named Cleopatra.
2: Aww. Oh my god. <laughs>
1: well that's kind of sweet.
0: He put it over the horse's grave outside the racetrack and had it in his will that no one could move it. Oh my god. So there it remained
1: for years. He loved that horse.
2: And a two-ton marble sculpture. <laughs> and <laughs> The grave marker for your horse, like I love animals too, but that is something. <laughs> Honestly, dude,
1: if I was a gangster and I had that kind of money, like you, best believe that my dog is gonna have like the most regal grave well, that's marker. The, I don't
0: even think this was that much money for him at that point because previously it had been in a saloon, right? Like, I don't yeah. think any.
2: Like I think the consciousness of its value was. He lost was probably by like drinking at the saloon one yeah. night. And And he was like, What's this about? And they're like, Oh, it's Cleopatra, and instantly he thought of his horse. horse. Yeah. (laughs) That's my horse.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's my horse. (laughs) So goofy. Oh god. So the statue
0: remained over his horse for years until the nineteen seventies when the US Postal Service built a new facility by by the horse grave. (laughs) Um, okay so, so then it was put into an outdoor storage yard ah uh, the boy scouts cleaned it that was nice oh uh then later the historical S- society of forest park moved it to the storage facility by the mall in the mall where it was rediscovered and reattributed to uh, edmonia lewis in the 80s packed amongst uh, christmas decorations it was in mall. the mall
2: yep what so a life that this ball. sculpture has had uh, i know right what a that's life.
1: amazing and yeah. it's in really good shape for having been like you know tossed around
2: yeah and like
0: they i mean the boy scouts when they cleaned it they didn't
2: do it you know the way that a conservator would they're boy scouts, they're boy scouts. they did their best they did their best i wonder if there's a like art uh. conservation patch oh <laughs> i want it they should have one. They should. That they, would be fun. They
1: got their like sculpture renovation badge <laughs> yes. that day. Yes. <gasps> S-
2: sculpture renovation.
0: S- sculpture renovation. But now it's restored. Oh, and it's all is right. It's a
2: dope Freaking. sculpture. It really
0: is. And like when you look at her face, like I put a close up image of it. She looks really serene. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, she like kind
2: of almost has a smile. Like yeah, a
0: smirk. yeah, which is an interesting take on Cleopatra's death because all the circumstances leading up to it. Like she was losing. She was the last pharaoh of Egypt. Like that was the end of the Egyptian empire. And I'm, i I'm would imagine Cleopatra was not happy Mm-mm. when she, did that. but it like is giving her a, a cool sense of agency where it's like, you know what? This was my plan. Yeah. I chose to kill myself. So I wouldn't be done. dragged back to
2: Rome and paraded naked through the streets of shame. You know, I this can also, my choice. I imagine her life at that point was just, just racked with stress. Right. And so I think it kind she of had
0: to marry two brothers. She killed both of them, oh. have them both killed. That's you know. just
2: a lot, and it's a lot I of stress. I like the um, <laughs>
1: not down, dude.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I like th- this moment that at least gives me a sense of like it was like a, a release. Like yeah. she was right, ready to go, and she was giving in to the universe. It yep. was her time, mm-hmm. yep. which mm-hmm. is really like that's like the most dignified death mm-hmm. you can imagine. You yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I really feel like um, looking at this sculpture, I get a sense of relief, mm-hmm. and that's that's cool yeah Yeah. that
2: is cool i really like it now imagining that this spent years as a horse grave marker
1: yeah (laughs) i want to imagine that gangster like visiting his horse's grave and just like crying (laughs) probably seeing cleopatra just like at rest and he's Mm -hmm. like yes cleopatra (laughs) is at rest finally and the sad part is you know that horse probably got like shot cuz it like broke its leg yeah, or something, you know. Yeah,
2: it was probably something oh. stupid like that. Oh uh, nice.
1: man. Don't race horses, it is bad.
2: Just going to put that out there. It's it's bad for them. They don't and they don't like it. They don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> don't All right. Tell. Um, We're not going to be getting any uh, sponsorships from the Kentucky Derby anytime <laughs> soon.
1: Good. I don't want to go there and wear a stupid hat.
0: <laughs> drink a mint julep. <laughs> mint juleps have so much sugar in them. They're delicious. I, yeah. <laughs> they are pretty good.
1: I would drink a mint julep. but I would, too. Wouldn't
0: wear a hat. Wouldn't go to the Derby. Yep. yep.
1: No. So, yep. wow. That's really just um, this like really amazing sort of history of this woman. Something that I kind of am interested in is Edmonia Lewis's status as this non-white woman artist and the fact that when you look at contemporary critiques of her work and just her person it's impossible to find anything that doesn't somehow mention the fact that she is African American or the fact that she is Native American There's usually some kind of comment about her appearance. And uh, I just thought that it made me kind of sad because I thought, you know, she will always be labeled as this outsider artist but Edmonia Lewis was very aware of her status as
2: an outsider sort of exotic personality yeah and I think I totally feel you I mean those are very similar thoughts I had while researching this like it's definitely something we should stop and think about you know and we've talked about this before like basically any artist Like whether you're a female artist or a black artist or an L B G T Q artist, like you're always labeled as something. Like you're labeled as that artist. And that's complicated and it's hard. But I think also it is important to remember, like she was the first African American sculpture sculpt I keep saying sculpture. Sculptor Mm -hmm. um to reach this kind of prominence. So it's kind of very similar, like Barack Obama will always be the first African-American president you know yeah so it's like it's I think while it's difficult it's important to recognize because because of our country's fucked up history you know you can't just like ignore I agree. it because it makes it less powerful right and ignoring it is in a sense
1: more problematic.
2: Yeah, exactly. So it's like either way, we're like, ah, you, you damned if
1: you do and you damned if you don't. Exactly. I found some some quotes from the contemporary press while she was in Rome, and so there's one interview from 1866 that really was praising her talent, but simultaneously noting how she prattles like a child. That's rude. And commenting on her crisp hair and thick lips, and I'm like, son of a bitch. For why? Like, if you're talking about her art, like, why? You know. Anyway, so for
2: for racism, that's why. <laughs> I
1: know. Another account um, from this period describes her as curious an exceptional example of native artistic ability mm-hmm. so she was somehow um like a savant like she just yeah. didn't even try she just had this natural talent which there's no evidence for that at all no. she was highly educated
2: well and that also just um speaks to the way we view native american art and um i think i was just talking to natalie about this actually but i really want to do like some episodes on native american art because it it. gets so fucking pushed aside Mm -hmm. and like there's it's so good like not even just contemporary native art but like there's so so many interesting visual ideas that have come um, from Native American artists, mm-hmm. and it just gets like ignored, and and I and, and I think it ties to this idea of like, oh, so she's doing she's doing sculpture or, goddamn it, sculpture. <laughs> 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 she's doing sculpture of these you know important white men like colonels mm-hmm. and stuff, and she's doing it the way we want her to therefore she's some kind of a savant because she's doing white art basically the way we want her to do it right yeah
1: so that's an interesting idea that she's doing white art part of some of the research that I did um, I found a source in which the the author is describing this really interesting like dichotomy between her use of the white marble to Mm -hmm. depict people of color and when you look closely at her depictions of Native Americans and even freed Mm -hmm. um, African American slaves Mm -hmm. it's interesting to note that her female subjects are less for lack of a better term ethnic Mm
0: -hmm. they look they have white more white features they look
1: more white they're much more european Mm -hmm. in nature Mm -hmm. whereas the men Mm -hmm. are shown to be the markers of race Mm -hmm. whether it is black or native american and so an interesting theory about this is that since the female body has historically in western art been a vehicle for the male gaze to project their sexual thoughts onto the black white female body is then going to provide even greater sexual license Mm -hmm. because the black female has um, historically in like Western society been associated with already being like sexually available and a more sexual body. Mm -hmm. Um, And so The female the white black female body is therefore like simultaneously this site of like excess um, sexuality and also eliciting some kind of like sympathy from the white viewer of Mm -hmm. like oh look how beautiful this body that normally if I saw them on the street I wouldn't. Quite associate that, but since it's here presented in this uh, more European sort of um, like the white marble, it's more readily consumed right. by the white male viewer. Right, yeah, right. And so the question is, how much was Edmonia Lewis aware of this? And the answer is that probably a lot. Mm. There is a scholar of the name of uh, Marilyn Richardson who made um, most of her career studying Edmonia Lewis. She was one of the chief scholars in um, just tracking down Edmonia's grave. Yeah, no one could find one, She was grave. the one
0: that found death of Cleopatra too or yes. that attributed.
1: Yes, yeah. she found death of Cleopatra and she mm-hmm. spent years looking for yeah. Edmonia's death certificate or like yeah. where her grave is at ultimately finding her in an unmarked Mm -hmm. grave in London. Mm. So after basically turn of the 20th century, Edmonia Lewis just kind of faded into obscurity. Yeah. No one really knew what happened to her. Many claim that because neoclassicism fell out of favor, right. that um, she just very quickly became irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, many neoclassical artists did not make the transition to modernism, and so yeah. um, it's believed that she was one of them. Mm. And so, Marilyn Richardson was uh, instrumental in not only giving us a little bit of a idea of what the end of her life was like attributing death of Mm -hmm. Cleopatra but also just suggesting that um, her portrayal in the presses was not incidental that Edmonia Lewis sometimes benefited from the exaggerated exoticism Mm -hmm. of her identity and that In some ways, um, she welcomed it because it helped obscure some of the scandal of her past. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So that's an interesting take on it. Yeah, definitely. One more problematic quote.
2: Problematic. Um,
1: Another contemporary source quoted Edmonia Lewis as uh, being so enraptured at the sight of a statue of Benjamin Franklin that she's quoted as saying, I, too can make a stone man. And that just sounds so goofy. And like, I don't think that she said that. <laughs> <laughs> so I make stone man. <laughs> every,
0: every quote I've seen of her, she sounds much more intelligent than that. Yeah. So I do make stone man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's, it's a lot. Uh, uh, I do
0: man. make Ben Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: Richardson, a, a quote by Richardson that I liked. She says, um, she worked both sides of the street depending on her audience and her patrons. She emphasized her blackness or her native American origins. She was very savvy about how to keep her identity in play. And that sounds
2: I totally agree. spot on. Everyone I think has every right to benefit from whatever part of their identity they want to. Absolutely. Um, yeah.
1: I have always been of the opinion that we are living in a white patriarchal society and, And any way that you can find to subvert that and use it for your own benefit is okay. Yeah,
2: do it. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um,
0: Because, yeah, yeah,
1: even her contemporary critics um, made comments about her um, using her status as a black woman or a Native American woman as somehow gaining her more acclaim than she deserved uh one a particular a man by the name of henry james singled her out um and said you know one of she he's talking about the expatriate women sculptures in rome and so referring to lewis he said one of the sisterhood was a negress whose color <sighs> picturesquely contrasting with that of her plastic material was the pleading agent of her fame yeah and that's wrong
2: yeah (laughs) yeah i mean yeah yeah
1: Yeah. wrong Uh,
2: oh so and i think it's it's really easy for for people like henry to make that kind of assertion because when you're in the group that's the that is already the go-to dominant group when you're the white male privileged group you don't have to use your status as that to gain anything because you're already at the top. You're just called an artist. Yeah. You don't have to think about what it means to even use the titles that society has given Mm -hmm. to you. Like Mm -hmm. you don't have to consider that. And so it's, I think it's shitty and super easy for a guy like that to to come, come at someone who is maybe using that. To their benefit as mm-hmm. though it is somehow lesser than. Right. You know? Right. And it's like, no, you're just using what you have. Yeah. For I sure. think
1: that that's sort of like feminist art history one oh one. No white male artist is ever referred to in the catalogs as white male artist. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'd like
2: to change that though. If we're gonna identify everyone, then yeah. Let's identify them mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Like so. <laughs>
1: there yeah. you go there, there it is <laughs> and that's all she wrote
2: <laughs> oh that was a fun episode that, that was. was interesting Edmonia's really cool she is cool
1: i like her a lot mm-hmm. y'all check her out edmonia we salute you
2: we salute you girl all right gonna do a quick listener mail i really like this one okay <laughs> 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 i mean i really like all of them you guys are seriously just the best um all right. This comes to us from Kelly. Hey, ladies. My name is Kelly. I am an undergrad double majoring in design for performance, read costume design, and art history mm. at the University of New Mexico. Wow. That's awesome. All of that is that great. Is badass. Super cool. I have been wanting to write to you for some time now, but I never quite find the words to express how much I love your podcast. Oh, wow. Anyway, Aww. I discovered your podcast about four months ago, and it really resonated with me. To be able to hear amazing women talking about art history, feminism, other social issues, and just generally making sense of this world is really inspiring <laughs> and encouraging. <laughs> oh, it's so nice. Oh man, thanks for believing in us, Kelly. <laughs> you all have such lovely perspectives. I wanted to share with you a specific instance when your podcast really helped me. The week that your Abstract Expressionist episode came out, I was having an awful week. I was in the middle of tech week for a show I was designing at the university. I had four papers due and I was averaging about two hours of sleep every night. Oh, no. Oh, girl. I know that life. Me too. I remember those days. Um, So I was sitting in the library when I got a notification that there was a new episode from you ladies. And when I saw that it was X, which is my favorite movement, I started low-key crying in the middle of the library. (laughs) Oh because i was so exhausted and you guys were just a ray of light in my long week so thank you because your hard work that you put into each episode is appreciated i see you your work your passion for art and i'm grateful that you are doing this because making art accessible matters Anyway, I would really love an episode on my homegirl, Georgia O'Keefe, because Mm -hmm. she is pretty Mm -hmm. rad. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Also, I just was in Minnesota and saw the exhibition Boundless Peaks Ink Paintings by Benol Araki at the Minnesota Institute of Art. And if you have not seen his work, I really encourage you to check it out because it is quite sublime and lovely. If you ladies are ever in New Mexico, let me know because I would love to take you to the Folk Art Museum in Santa Fe and then out for some wine. Cheers, Kelly. That
1: sounds amazing. And that,
2: like, I was like tearing up while reading. Aww, (laughs) that's so sweet. And like, I know that feeling. Like, Mm -hmm. I definitely had moments of legit crying in libraries, Mm -hmm. and like, just like Mm -hmm. the littlest thing can really like help you up, pull you out. Mm -hmm. And so, I'm glad we were able to do that for you. And I just appreciate your very like thoughtful words Mm -hmm. in encouraging us to continue doing what we're doing. You obviously should continue doing what you're doing because it sounds amazing. And yeah, just thank you so much, Kelly. Thank Thanks you. for the
1: suggestions, Kelly. Good luck.
2: So yeah, Edmonia Lewis. Edmonia Lewis. Um, if you have any thoughts, we handled a lot of heavy material in this, so I'd really like to hear listener thoughts and engagement on this one. Yeah. Um, email us at arthistorybabes at gmail.com you can find us on all the social medias please do so we post hella art memes on our instagram so all the time it's super fun you should probably follow I'm us i'm scouting there for them every day <laughs> there was what was that one that we put up of that like naked spanish man
0: and oh it's yeah. like the most
2: likes we've ever received on a post and i was like oh wow <laughs> <laughs> it was it's a naked spanish man throwing pictures at Botticelli's birth of venus <laughs> Oh, and yeah. then underneath I put uh, 2018 vibe. Yep. yep. And I mean that wholeheartedly like that. Oh is yeah. Oh, you know what got more the Bob Ross little um, stitch. Oh, thing. the embroidery, the yeah. Bob Ross. We get, we, we curate our Instagram. Oh, so yeah. definitely check out our Instagram at art history, babes podcast. You'll love it. Um, Find us on Facebook and Twitter and all that. Um, head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash art history babes. Um, you will get Access to bonus episodes every single month. Bonus, bonus, bonus. We bonus. post one. There's like five up right now. Mm-hmm. So you already have a bunch more content to listen to. Mm-hmm. Get on it. Um, but we post one every month, and um, our patrons really help keep us motivated and moving forward. Absolutely. So please head over and check that out. And yeah, we love you. Have a good time. Have a great. Have a great time. Have a good time. <laughs> Have a good time and a great time. Both. Bye. The are mystery
1: babes.
2: I thought you said, Where's the ass? I thought That's what I thought
1: she said. Where Where that ass at?
0: I mean, it's in the chair, it's in the throne where it belongs. This is
1: great.